0: Victory in midweek helps things, even if it was something of a negative European United performance. Not really the United way, is it? But uh, got the desired result and, uh, and a surprise in many ways. I thought I, I was pretty worried about the game going into the match. Uh, Valencia had been in decent form this season, but they Valencia disappointed me. They did, just didn't have much about them and I thought United were pretty controlled, a bit sloppy. But basically they, they eliminated all the stupid defensive mistakes that have a problem with their game on the road this season.
1: Well, uh, you seem to have leapt straight into a discussion about v- the Valencia game, so um, are, is there anything you particularly want to say about the uh, worrying, pef- the, well, substandard performance against Bolton before we, before we jump into some detailed analysis of that Valencia game? Because I think there were an awful lot of talking points in that game.
0: The Bolton game, yeah, there were there were a lot of talking points, and I, I think it just it just highlighted the problems with some United's uh, defensive play this season. And, and you know, obviously Rooney was off colour. I thought he showed glimpses of coming back, and you know, hit a couple of nice cross field balls. He just hasn't got that zip and oomph about him at the moment. One shot just over the bar. But but the the worst bit was was the defending and uh, lost two goals from set pieces, and, and which is criminal. Uh, very criminal and um and johnny evans and uh, you know i mentioned him last week a- again palpably out of form at the moment he's being targeted by the opposition had a good chat with with some fellow bloggers from uh, dot about exactly how bolton were targeting him and and you know you look at their past distribution it's all long and it was all at the left side of united's defense they'd identified the weakness which is johnny evans ability to deal with the, the physical and the balls in the air and they try to target him and, and Bolton didn't score from that tactic, but it definitely shook Evans up. And uh you know, I just it just seemed a, an obvious problem and, and so obvious that Ferdinand was going to come back against Valencia whatever.
1: Yeah it's um I mean, I, I don't think Johnny Evans is a bad player, per se, but but and we talked about this at some length Nick. last week. I think he needs to play alongside Rio. I, I think that's very clear, because Evans and Rio looked pretty terrific together a couple of times last season.
0: Oh, look, I, I think Johnny Evans will be a great player. He does need to man up a little bit, though, doesn't he? And 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 he he's only 22 and it maybe maybe we could say that uh, central defenders mature a little later i mean understanding of the kind of tactics and the games is an important part of that um that position isn't it and uh, i i you know i i'm not for a minute suggesting somehow that we give up on Johnny Evans it's the first uh, bad
1: patch of form in his career i'd say but he's definitely out of form yeah unquestionably and listen the the Rooney situation um i mean you don't have to be sigmund freud to say the off-the-pitch stuff is really, really messing with his head. I mean, he he, he just does not look at a shadow of himself, and the kind of combination of physical fitness issues and and kind of whatever's going on mentally, uh, it, it, it does look like it, it's definitely affecting him.
0: It does, yes. I mean, look, we're all playing cod psychologist a little bit here, but it, it, he he looks short of confidence. His his first touch is abysmal at the moment. He just doesn't look like a happy man. He's, you know, walking around the pitch with his hands on his head. He looks frustrated and angry. He doesn't look like he's enjoying his football at the moment. I mean, you have to say, Rooney really looking frustrated and angry is the is the kind of de facto emotion of Rooney over the years, I suppose. But he looks even more frustrated and angry than normal. And and I guess, um, you know, he's got this ankle injury at the moment. It's it's something I know from personal experience, having had two pretty major ankle problems. Uh, that these things. Take a very long time to heal, uh, and playing on it will make it worse. And he'll keep going over on it, and that's what he did against Liverpool. And of course, he came back too early from the Bayern game, and now he needs to sit out. and Ferguson said in midweek he'd be out for three weeks. He's just said today that uh, actually he's been training this week, uh, so in theory he could play against Sunderland, although they're not going to take a chance with him. And that's the right thing to do now. Should have done it last year against Bayern, of course, and we all know why they didn't. But he just needs to take some time out get fit and that might actually help him with some of the off the field stuff as well because he'll, he's just going to be out of the firing line out of the spotlight, there'll be no newspaper headlines about how poor he was or how he was dropped, he's injured, he can uh, concentrate on finding some touch and form you know, in the training ground when he's fit and then return to the side after the international break
1: Yeah and it will be great to see him back and at his best, I mean this is really so clearly one of those form is temporary classes permanent situations Wayne Rooney will be completely back and having amazing performances in, in we'll, we'll have forgotten all about this do you remember there was a time when Ryan Giggs had like a bad season and a half yeah
0: yeah and there so was it's,
1: reports uh,
0: inaccurate mind you of, uh, of people at Old Trafford booing him and, and you know the, the press guy on his back and, and all of that and yeah you're, t- you're totally right and look there's nothing wrong with Rooney having a, a burst of poor form. He'll come back. I mean, it's what annoyed me so... I don't normally like to comment on the, the commentators, but it, it's what annoyed me so much about uh, Stan Collymore and Kevin Keegan having a go in the last week. I mean, Keegan basically, you know, took the moral high ground and said that, that uh, you yeah, know, it's all Rooney's own fault and, uh, you know, of course he's responsible for his actions. He's not responsible for how the, the media harass him, mind you, and that was kind of my point. And and that you know he's got no one but to blame but himself and he's shot and uh, this is you know we will we'll, you know we'll never see Rooney again and then Collymore followed it up by saying we've seen the best of Wayne Rooney he'll never come back from this which you know two opinions from one respected person in the
1: game and and one nutter and hang, hang, I just need to I just need to pull you up on that because I'm not being funny. I genuinely don't know which one you think is
0: which. <laughs> well, you know, I'm saying Keegan's respected as in people like oh, him. Okay. They okay. like him okay. you know, I you know, he has he has resigned from four out of his five jobs and got fired from the other one. But you know, hey so <laughs> but um but people like Kevin Keegan, don't they? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and they respected him as a player. He was a terrific player even if he played for the Dippers. But uh, and then Colin Moore, you know, I, I don't know if anyone has any respect for him, and he he's made a successful career being a loudmouth, and and I guess he needs to grab the headlines. But you know that that side of the whole Rooney thing really does annoy me now because I think we've kind of we've reported on the facts, right? You know, it's uncontested. He he did pay for prostitutes. His wife, it appears, has forgiven him, and they're seeking to put their marriage back together now. Uh, that's that's outside of the domain of i think the media now it's gone and it's done they've asked for some privacy i think they have that moral uh, legal uh, and kind of media right to say we don't want that anymore i, I don't think selling their their wedding to ok magazine four years ago now means that the paparazzi can wait outside his door now which is what they're doing i don't think that's okay and uh, then i think the football things another another thing they just need to get him fit and uh, the real Wayne Rooney will stand up this season and we'll see the best of him. And maybe if they just give him a little bit of a rest now, because he had a lot of football in the last few years, he'll be firing on all cylinders come spring when we actually need him.
1: Absolutely, I, I agree. And the, the, the one very significant difference between this season and last is for all, you know, I, I think we're a bit short in a, in a number of areas. One of the areas where we're not short is up front. No, no no no, that's really right do have options
0: and and um and and uh, and, and Dan wrote a, a good piece on the website this week uh, in which he 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 you know claimed and it's a bold claim that United have more options than Real Madrid and you know I defended his piece against some ver- vociferous attacks, i thought uh, you know unfounded and and I think Ferguson's has actually got more options now you can you can question the quality right because a lot of it 's unproven, uh, but I think he's got more options than at any time for a long time now i mean he's got He's got five principal strikers in his sort of first-team squad. And, you know, obviously Rooney, Berbatov, Owen, you know, Hernandez, and, and Macheda. And they're all different. I mean, the the variety of options Ferguson's got now is astounding, really. And... and uh, you know we just saw it in the midweek didn't we um, yeah, Macheda played a, and he's got a lovely touch Macheda and it, you know and you you can kind of see him as a number nine right but he's just got good feet as well and, and you know lovely ball inside and Hernandez finish against Valencia was just sweet as you know one touch to move it away from the defender one touch and lashed it in the corner
1: and it was a heck of a sweet finish um in more ways than one i mean it was a beautifully taken goal but also a very sweet finish to a very frustrating game a real sort of smash and grab strangely underdog like performance you said earlier in the program that you didn't think Valencia offered much i i i think i kind of beg to differ somewhat if they had um they put an enormous number of extremely high quality crosses into the box um, I can think of at least five or six real peaches of a cross and uh, we, were, we were lucky they did not have well I'm not sure if we were lucky they did have someone on the end of it or if Ferdinand and Vidic um, had just controlled the box. Yeah, positionally um, let,
0: let, just, let's say they did the, uh, the, the latter of those two I mean they are, they are very good at controlling and, and then Valencia played with one forward which they haven't always this season, they've kind of jumped between playing one and two and I think I said in last week's podcast they play with a lot of width, and you didn't yeah. need to go over there to to you know know that <laughs> you know, but, but hey that's just me with a Sky Sports you know, subscription for my sins Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, which which is what they did, and you're right, they did put a lot of crosses into the box and there, and uh, you know, in in uh, Juan Mata and Pablo Hernandez, they've got a couple of very high quality wide players there, haven't they?
1: So I, I thought that was they they did offer quite a lot of threat in that department. It it is just so reassuring to have Rio and Lemania in the middle of our defence. It makes all the difference in the world, and a back four of uh, Evera Vidic, Ferdinand, and Rafa, little
0: Rafa, didn't he do well? He, he, I he, thought he had an excellent t- game. He had a much better game than Evera on the other side. I thought. I mean, he had a tough time, Rafael, with Juan Mata, who is a top quality player. And and on the other side, Pablo Hernandez really gave Evera a tough time, skinned him a couple of times. And you know, Evera's had a slow start to the season, hasn't he? And and I think there's a few things that are you know he played the World Cup and that was a disaster and he's had this ban and he's still trying to fight it and I wonder whether that's just playing on him a little bit at the moment
1: we also had an incredibly long season last season he played so 55 games 55 us. games yeah which is a lot yeah um so I think he's probably just tired as much as anything else. But but that back four, um without I mean I don't want to bang on about him because I hate I hate victimising people and making it seem like we're sort of um sort of not supportive of, of them. But not having John O'Shea in the team was just a real breath of fresh air and um even though Rafa still looks like he might be at any second about to do something crazy. There was one tackle right on the edge of the box which was very borderline in terms of whether it was sensible or not quite near the end of the game and you could see Rio and uh, Vidic give him a bit of a look and uh, frankly I, I wouldn't really want to get a bit of a look from Nemanja Vidic <laughs> <I No. think. laughs> um, but yeah um, oh yeah and, and he, he got a somewhat brutalised by that, that Valencia player didn't he uh, Nemanja that, that, that's, a, that's a brave man Creating a, a a vendetta with the manager. <laughs>
0: yeah, Salgado. Yeah, you wonder whether he hasn't disappeared into a dark room, never to be <laughs> seen again. Yeah, a couple of camp guards there to give him a severe beating. Yeah,
1: but yeah. I think that the story of the Valencia game really was the story of our midfield and and. Some of the endemic problems that exist in in the midfield department. I think I
0: think you're right. I mean, it's 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 the it's story of our midfield. It's also a story, I think, of United's evolution uh, in in European in football terms. And you think the the complete difference between the side that played Valencia on Wednesday and the side that took the 1999 European Cup? And you know, forget the final and all that. Um, but the kind of the uh, side that you know the swashbuckling side that you know went to the final scoring six goals against barcelona and five against Juventus and and uh, all of that and the very traditional 4-4-2 we had with you know sort of the split strikers with um, york just off cole and and uh, kins goals in midfield and t- two very wide players and it's very very traditional 4-4-2 and and we devolved on Wednesday to something, you know, it's kind of tactic de jour, isn't it? The four-two-three-one, and in very much that kind of formation, we had we had Fletcher and, and Carrick screening Carrick. I guess the deeper of the two there. Fletcher did break forward. Carrick, you know, got a nosebleed if he left the the halfway line, I think. And then Anderson sort of behind Berbatov. Although I I don't think they. They ever had any intention of using Anderson in some kind of creative way? He he was there. They'd identified David Albelder as the the kind of pivot of the Valencia midfield, the the guy who distributes the ball, and and that was right. And uh, they sat Anderson on him, or at least tried to 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 try and break up that pattern of play and. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of debate about Anderson, I think, over the last few months with, you know, knowledge of him coming back and what he could give United. And could he be the kind of creative attacking force? And and I've been vocal in my doubts about that. I don't, I don't think he's that kind of player. Other people do. And, you know, I respect that opinion. But I think we kind of saw some of what Anderson's about on Wednesday. And granted, he, he will get fitter. Right. So we'll see better of him. And he wasn't as mobile as he could be. Um, but his passings a little bit erratic. You know, he hit one fantastic left-footed cross-field pass to Nani to set up a chance. But then, you know, one third of every time he got the ball, he wasted it. He actually gave it away. And and you know, looking at the pass distribution of that, some of that were short passes, and he's just being wasteful. Some were you know more attacking, forward-looking passes, and he's trying to be more
1: creative and take more risks. There's a few things I want to say about Anderson. Firstly, I don't totally agree with your analysis that he was only there to break up David Albelder's passing, although that was clearly part of his job. He he also got in front of the ball quite often when we had the ball. There's a couple of uh, occasions where he's actually chasing down the defender on the ball. You know, he's the furthest forward player on the pitch. The numeric, he, he looks like he's got a vision to try something. That's the thing. There's There's a... Whatever the kind of success rate was, there's a potentiality with Anderson that isn't there with some of the other players in our team he, you know, skulls is always looking to try something interesting and creative and he's trying to do that from the you know, from the centre circle essentially and Anderson's trying to do the same thing from slightly further forward when we've got the ball because when we were in possession of the ball he was backing up Berbatov and his movement looked pretty good and he kept close to Berbatov and you can see that from the average position stuff he's he's just off Berbatov isn't he, you know, it, yeah. they're they're close and, and he's, he is leaning kicking the midfield and the attack when we were on it when we're in the ascendancy when we've got the ball um so i it looked to me just watching it on television like he was probably our best player actually really you know if you were going to pick who who out of the um well i guess fernando vidic did what they did and do did what they do so well but but just anderson just looked he looked he just looked good to me he looked looked like he was playing well yeah he gave the ball away a few times but I mean Mm. everyone gave the ball away a few times and I think an inevitable consequence of two whatever you want to however you want to number the formations two packed midfielders two packed midfields going against each other you're going to give the ball away a lot because there's just a lot of people in that space <clears throat> well maybe
0: you know maybe not if you're barcelona but you know maybe that's an unfair comparison we are talking about one of the the, the great teams uh, you know, when making that comparison um yeah well mate look uh, I have I have high hopes for Anderson as a certain type of midfielder I think he he is an all-rounder that will do that looks better in a 3 than a 2 Definitely, um, and you know, give him that bit of freedom. But you know, do do we honestly think that he's going to be the the next Kaka, the next Zidane, the you know Özil, Schneider, Iniesta, the the creative heartbeat of United? I don't think there's enough evidence there to say that he is going to. I don't think there's any evidence over a career that he's going to become that. I mean, I dug out all these statistics this week to try and you know to prove one way or another, and and you know this is a boy now who's played about 130 senior games i have to say the ones in brazil it'd be hard to call them senior games they're at serie b level and then state level that's like playing in the manchester senior cup uh you know so you know 120 or so in european football and there's uh, what was it 13 assists in that time so and uh, two goals or something you know awful like that um maybe you got two in Porto, so maybe three goals in total so this is is someone whose stats don't suggest either a creative player or a goal scoring midfielder, which kind of makes it a bit difficult to say he's going to be your attacking player because he's just not his output's not enough. Uh, now maybe that will come good, you know. Maybe just he's had three years at United now, uh, one of them blighted by injury. Uh, he had a year in Porto that completely blighted by injury as well. You know, the broken leg in the the well, two I guess two seasons in Porto, but sort of. Second half of his first season, first half of the second season, he had the broken leg. So you know, this is a player that could develop and come good. And you know, we all see the skills he's got. Uh, he just doesn't put it together enough. But you know, let's hope he does, because uh, we'll have one hell of a player if he does.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just, I just thought he he changed the texture of the United side. I can't, I can't quantify it less esoterically than that. I just. Thought he he gave us something that we've been lacking in that game.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think um, I mean you know we started this discussion on on, on uh, you know talking about tactics really, and I I think there's a good argument now if you look at the makeup of the United squad right now that that playing three in midfield and two wide and one up front probably makes sense for United, doesn't it? I mean you know we'd, they, they've started the season you know okay playing four four two you know clearly away from home that hasn't worked. But then you look at some of the players, and they just seem to perform better in that. You know, Carrick, you can't, you just can't play him as the defensive player in a four-four-two, and and expect to have that kind of oomph in midfield. You know, not at the moment with Carrick, anyway. And um, and and I think most of his better performances. Has been have been in a three and and Anderson we've just said we think he's more comfortable in there Darren Fletcher can play in any system and and stand out Rooney's you know we get more output from him if he's uh, you know on his own Uh, whether that's his best position is is up for debate of course and and Berbatov's a difficult one because I think he actually prefers playing in a two but you know there's on the balance of it I think probably playing you know three with one of those you know as a a more attacking midfielder makes sense I, I just think and you know Sorry to bang on about it again. That you know we're just missing that that one. You know that creative that creative player around which
1: the team would be built. There's a couple. Okay, first of all, I think the debate's over. I think that's how we play. I think we play like that against big teams, and it's been like that for a good few seasons now. That's going to be the way that Bergson plays, and he's going to play four four two against weaker teams at home. That's you know it's there's just that's the end of the story. I think. Um, and occasionally there'll be a, a kind of uh, unique game situation where he'll decide to do the thing you don't expect him to do. That that'll happen once in a while. There are some significant problems with that position, with that situation, creatively. Um, because as you say, we are missing the one. Let's not reopen that discussion we just had about Anderson because it took a long time. But we've also got a real problem on the wings at the moment because we were playing with one winger. And, um Park Puck had, Park's had good games for us, but he had an absolute stinker against Valencia. Me and you tweeted almost exactly the same thing within two seconds. The commentator said, you know, it can now c- can counter it pace now with Park and you said you kind of put the quote there and said that's an oxymoron and I put the quote and said or oh, the lad could just slowly run the ball into their defenders Yeah, you because know, cause he did it twice and there was another line that says United you know, have some acreage now with Park and he just slowly walked towards the you know, he he really doesn't offer very much. No, uh, I, I think um,
0: I think Dan Dan Harris, uh, him of you know the on the road book, uh, was was saying this week he thinks it's a coward's way out playing uh, Park on the wing. He's very much a traditionalist. He, you know, he wants to see United playing the United way, the you know kind of swashbuckling attacking football, and and. I'm kind of win it with him in a way. I, I do think it's a, a bit of a coward's way out playing Park. He's a defensive attacking midfielder, and and his best performances for United over the last year were when he played kind of as, a, as the the top player, the Anderson position, Anderson of of uh, Wednesday night in in a central midfield, and and he has you know has stuff to offer there, but. Christ on the left wing. Uh, you know, what is he offering? He gets the ball. I mean, he played quite deep for a start. Um, he's almost like a you know a second a second fullback uh, at times, uh, and but he's never going to beat a man. He can't cross the ball with his left foot, uh, so he's going to get the ball. And if we're lucky, he doesn't give away possession. You know, that's the most you're hoping from for him. I, I I just you know I wonder whether United would have just been better just throwing
1: Bebe into it and Christ. At least this guy's got pace. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, that actually, because I I was thinking that watching the game, I was thinking, you know, just put someone, I mean, of course, there's Valencia have a lot of threat down the wings, and he does offer a a good deal of defensive cover, and to use the the line that will always be, it's mandatory that if you're having a discussion about Jason Park, you absolutely, at some point during that discussion, have to use the word energy. Because he, it's, it he will always come up. He does have bags of energy and he offers that kind of, you know, he, he, he does offer a lot of defensive solidity, but Nanny was off. A lot off the boil, I thought in that that game. He played a uh, one spectacular ball really late in the game, and he was actually really pretty effective defensively as well. He, he, yeah. I thought he covered Rafa really well, but and he, he, he did he a lot. Go- he did a lot
0: of work. I mean, just looking at the the, the distance, as you'd expect, you know, Park, Park and Nani and uh, Fletcher, and also Carrick, which is one people might not expect. You know, covered the the most distance for United, and they they all put in a real shift. I think both in the wide positions in the central area and. Uh, and that's an area of nanny's game that he's really improved over the last year isn't it?
1: well, sure, but I think in this game his attacking output suffered from it, and it was one of one of the reasons for frustration was that Park was offering nothing, and Nanny wasn't offering what he normally can going forward um and actually, I have to say, we won the game because Sir Alex turned it i mean it, it, it was it was a pretty bold you know he rolled the dice to us to an extent didn't he? he he really did go for the win at the end yeah well i think ferguson's a gambler i i think he's become
0: more security focused over the years uh in terms of his you know the, the kind of tactics that he, he plays but i think he's still prepared to gamble i mean he's still pre- prepared to if if united are losing a game he's still prepared to put four forwards on and and really go for it and uh and I think that he made absolutely the right substitutions, not only because it produced the winning goal, but just for the game time. I mean, Bobotov had worked really hard. Anderson was looking shattered. They were beginning mm. in the last 15 minutes to look like they they could get some dominance in midfield, Valencia, which they hadn't had up to that point. Um, certainly not in central midfield. And I thought it was the right one, bring Machader on to play right up, tough and try and hold up, and uh, bring uh, Hernandez on for his pace to try and stretch the game. Which
1: he clearly did and if you if you look at the, the average position you can see how far forward Makeda and Hernandez were playing by by the end of that game and, and, and they combined fantastically for the goal and, and somebody said on Twitter that, that no Rooney, no skulls, no gigs, there, there there was a there was a real next generation starter at the next generation feel to this uh, Manchester United lineup, uh, perhaps with the exception of Rio um, I don't know that, the they it just, there are a lot of players there that have been at the club for a while, but, but you really got the sense when, when Makeda and, uh, Hernandez were up front that, that we are kind of starting to see yet another team emerge. And I remember talking about it last season. There, there was, I can't remember the game, unfortunately, but there was a game where I kind of somewhat fell in love with this new Manchester United, you know, um, that, that they, they definitely, there's definitely an enormous amount of potential kicking around and i I really think we're short of greatness at the moment I really do i I, I said in our season kind of premiere preview show that, that I thought we were going to win the league but I don't actually think we're going to win the league that'd be lovely but i I do think we we're, we're kind of a little bit short of greatness but but I do have an awful lot of affection for this united side however kind of frustrating and and limited they they and occasionally limited in some areas, there might be.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I, I think you're right. There's a lot, there's a lot, plenty of potential there. There's, but potential and you know, developing that into something is, you know, a very different thing. I mean, Ferguson is a patient man with players, and sometimes that's frustrating. He's been 230 odd games patient with John O'Shea. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, John O'Shea, I just. Oh, there was a point talking of Ferguson's excellent substitutions, at about the 55-minute mark, O'Shea started warming up, and <laughs> you just like looking at this game thinking that really is the last thing this game needs is John O'Shea to come on.
0: Yeah, I thought he was coming on. I, I saw that and I tweeted about it. Yeah, <laughs> which was something like along the lines of Christ, wise John O'Shea coming along, Which I think
1: <laughs> you know, 400 people retweeted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And... yeah. Yeah, and and Ferguson obviously got the message, and and he didn't come on. Two, two, uh, but,
0: two rights, yes.
1: But what a fantastic goal! Eh? It was really really well taken. Kiko's part in it very important, and well as as uh, as Darren Fletcher so eloquently put it in the post match interview. Uh, I don't. Yes, I, this I don't, is this I,
0: is has a clean tag on iTunes, so we can't exactly, yeah, exactly. repeat that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, there was some Glaswegian vernacular coming out there. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I, I guess that's Valencia. You know, great result. Give, given, given, if the, if it'd gone the the other way round, United would be on a point and staring at group elimination. Uh, as a, just a fantastic result, and I guess they did what they needed to do. Um, I think we'd all like United to play with a bit of style away from home, but we don't anymore. We are still more Italian than the, the Italians. But back to domestic football and and Sunderland away at the weekend. Yeah, tough
1: game. I've, you know, Bruce got Gosland playing okay, and they got some pretty decent players, and they're they're pretty effective at home. It's not, it's not, an, and we've been absolutely shocking away from home at holding on to a lead. Are we going to see our? What is our back four going to be? That that's my my kind of big. Question. Yeah, that,
0: that's the, that's the challenge. I mean, it, I guess they'll look at the reaction of Rio's back and see whether he's you know fit enough to play two games in a week, and they'll take a call on that. Of course, Anderson and Carrick. Uh, both you know in the, uh Anderson played against Scunthorpe the other week but this is a, as Ferguson puts it the first real game i think that's a bit of an insult you know Scunthorpe myself
1: but i just think he forgot that it happened yeah it seems yeah like he wasn't he there he did mix make- he didn't mean not to. He didn't mean to miss the match. He just had arranged to go away. He completely forgot we were playing Scunthorpe. Then there were some panicked phone calls. Like, oh no no, we'll just pretend I'm scouting. <laughs> yeah, short shorts. You take over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh dear, that's a mental image you don't want to have, isn't it? Yeah, mm.
1: but you just you just gave it to us, so that's your fault. That is. So
0: yeah, so, Sunderland. God, uh, it's it's really hard to pick this side because you'd you presume Paul Skulls would come back in. It just depends on how fit he is. I mean. They said he had 10 days out. Then it seems like he, he wasn't really injured. So, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure, actually. If he's fit, he'll come back into it. If not, they'll take a call on how Anderson and Carrick have reacted to having a game. And Carrick, I would think, would play anyway. Anderson will just depend on, you know, it's it uh, depends whether he gets any soreness in the knee. We we won't see Rooney. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I would expect Berbatov up front on his own. And in terms of that other defensive position, well, Johnny Evans wasn't even on the bench against Valencia. Uh, Smalling was, so that would kind of tell you that Smalling has first dibs on on that uh, place
1: if Ferdinand isn't deemed fit. Well, not necessarily, because maybe he's just like giving Evans a proper rest. I don't know, but I th- it'd be interesting if Chris Smalling does play that, that. That certainly, I mean, he he's obviously had a fair few Premiership games, has not he, Chris Smalling? Cause, but. I don't know. I'm 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 worried about him at, the, at this level still.
0: Yeah, I mean, but how does he learn if he doesn't play? I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, no, sat on the right. bench. he's not even playing reserve football, so he's just sat on the bench doing nothing. So and look, he he did look uh, like he's got the full package uh, against Gunther, albeit against Gunther. Uh but you know, yes, we've seen some defensive aberrations. Uh, I think you know, I, I think as soon as he signed for United, the, all the poor form came out, didn't it? For Fulham, <laughs> it <laughs> I
1: mean. did. Um, it's um, it is interesting that there are a lot of selection dilemmas. I would be surprised to see Anderson because he really did look exhausted at the end of that game. And um, mind you, there is a decent break, isn't there? After after this game,
0: there's the international break. Anderson won't be involved for Brazil; he hasn't been for some time now. Uh, a few of the other players might be involved. I mean, it depends on Rio. And, and his fitness uh, for England, again Rooney and his fitness, Ferguson said today that Fabio can make the call, I hope they don't play him in that match against Montenegro if he's not 100% fit and that you can understand why Fabio might, you know, pretty desperate and short forwards at the moment, I guess uh, all the other European players will be away, Nani will be away, Portugal, O'Shea and Gibson with Ireland I, I'm not sure about Park I don't know whether South Korea Have a match in the week But I guess they would So you know They've got the, the Break from club football It's a couple of week break But there are definitely Quite a few international games Going on
1: Yeah but for Particularly for Scholes And Anderson It's uh, you know I mean assuming Scholes Is fit enough to play Then then you definitely Would expect him to play Yes
0: um, I, I Yeah I, It's just It just thing. depends on fitness I mean I guess We'll we'll find out tomorrow And we've got A, a three o'clock kickoff On Amazing. a Saturday On a Saturday
1: it doesn't seem right anymore, no, does it? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I long for the more traditional start times of 12.15 on a Saturday. And given that
0: Sunderland are one of these clubs who keep reducing United's ticket allocation, there'll be about three United fans officially there, <laughs> although obviously a, a significant amount more actually there. I guess a lot of us will be trying to find a pub with a dodgy feed or an internet stream somewhere. Um, I,
1: I don't know what you're talking about. You're breaking up, caller, caller? Crank call, crank call. <laughs> so I, I guess prediction I'm going to predict that I think we've got two two predictions we've got to make you've got to make a scoreline prediction but you've also got to make you've got to pick your back four that's uh, that's the prediction so I'm going to go with the back four that started against Valencia that's going to be my my bold claim
0: Bold what I about you? I, th-
1: I don't think it will be the same
0: back four I, I think Ferdinand will not play and I think one of uh, Smalling or Brown or O'Shea will come into it it's um, unacceptable. At one, some of, point.
1: one of Smalling, Brown, and O'Shea. Wait, wait to go out on a limb there. I know. <laughs> I
0: don't want to, you know, sit on the fence or anything there. You know, definitely.
1: And I you know. think we're going to get an away win. I think it will be definitely. I think I'm going to go with a three-two win to United. Wow, uh, confidence, awesome. confidence. Yeah. Yes, I, I think we're going to pick up our first win
0: of the season as well. I, I, uh, I, I predict uh, a two-nil win for United. I think we'll gained loads of confidence for Valencia. I also think there'll be some broken legs and a red card uh, somewhere and Lee Casemol might be involved in that.
1: Um, uh, Well, I hope he doesn't... We really can't afford any broken... I mean, obviously, one never wants that sort of thing to happen, but but we really can't afford any broken legs at the moment. Um, So... After the match, one thing that we can be fairly confident about is that we're well. In fact, we're talking about predictions. We're probably not going to hear before the match uh, what what Sir Alex Ferguson's uh, lineup's going to be because the boss is not talking to the press again.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he seems to have banned everyone by MUTV. And, of course, at one stage he even
1: banned MUTV, which is like, <laughs> you know, refusing to look in the mirror or whatever the, the quote well, was on that. It's it's um, it's um essentially like the Soviet government in the 1980s refusing to talk to Pravda. Yeah, right. Uh, yes, it's an, it's an odd one, this. I mean, you know, obviously the
0: long-standing BBC ban and, you know, it's the personal issue and all, and all of that uh, but now, yeah, this is the second week in a row he's cancelled his Friday press conference and, and the word is he's done this because he's unhappy at the way his post-match comments about Fernando Torres are interpreted. He said that he thought Torres absolutely made a meal of it and tried to get the player sent off. You know, that's the verbatim quote. And the word cheat was using some headlines. Although, I have to say, I can understand why journalists might... It's a sensational headline. I understand why they might take that angle on it though because if absolutely making a meal of something and trying to get someone sent off isn't cheating what is it
1: well yeah i mean totally i I kind of not too inclined to side with the boss on this one just be a man about it just you know what what's the point i think maybe it's this this thing about about sir alex is that motive always gets assigned to him beyond the obvious motive. You know, this, this kind of mind games and the way he plays the press and stuff. I think sometimes it's just him being him and, and just kind of flying off the handle or whatever and it, it gets kind of overanalyzed. But, but I do think the Rooney situations might be a bit of a punishment for the Rooney, the, the coverage of Rooney as well, a little bit.
0: Yes, I um, I, I just think, well, you know, you know, my work history, right? I, I think, uh, having sat on both sides of, uh, of that fence, uh, this is a strategy that does not work. Uh, you can't blackball the press and expect them to, uh, and it's slightly like different in football as opposed to you know just a general commercial world. But you generally can't blackball the press and expect them to give you good coverage as a result of it, right? So if that's well, what he's trying to do, that's not going to happen. It's not you know, and and the press do need you know, this to to fill their pages, but they'll just go find it from elsewhere. I mean, uh, they went and pulled out quotes from an interview he'd done with Collier and Corriere de la serra and then also some marketing stuff he'd done on this you know concio toro wine deal that united He's spoken to some papers in chile as a result of that uh, and uh, produce some you know very twisted quotes i've got to say some loose translation um I know enough Spanish to know that wasn't accurate in the news of the world last
1: Sunday. Uh, what, what, what was that? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I mani- funnily enough, I managed to miss the news oh, of the it their
0: piece on uh, Alexis Sanchez, the uh, Udinese left winger who was placed for Chile. Who was I thought excellent at the World Cup, and is a very 21-year-old sort of left-sided forward. Uh, looks like a, a real prospect. But uh, basically, asked him, you know, he's, he's Chile star man, right? So the paper is going to ask him, what do you think? And he said, yes, he's a very good player, and he's one of many
1: players we've seen, which was. Translated into uh, one of the many players we're looking at. Yes, uh, <laughs> In, yes. <laughs> but maybe that's not. He's not trying to get good coverage. He knows. He knows what the press think of him surely but but but, but this, this is the problem right so he
0: he at press conference after press conference i've seen him make a real fuss about the coverage and he calls journalists out and he bans them when they write something he doesn't like he does care about the press coverage right you know you can say oh he doesn't care it doesn't make an effect on the team and you know yeah it doesn't doesn't if we, if united aren't doing press conferences it makes no difference to the team ferguson cares it's in fact i'd go f- as far as to say it's his obsession uh, with the media and that's why he's banning them let us I, I don't think we should pretend otherwise he's banning them because he wants better coverage it matters to him and he's not going to get it by doing this it's just not going to happen what he needs to do is open up to the press build relationships and he finds that very difficult because personally he can't do it he doesn't have those kind of interpersonal skills with the press because he sees it as a war whereas if he you know uh, treated them as some kind of partnership, like he does with his players, right to try and get the best out of them and he 's perfectly prepared to do that, shouts at them the hair dry when he needs to, puts an arm around them when he needs to when he works with the press it's it 's always the war it 's never the arm around the shoulder, and he just needs to open up and he 'll find he 'll get loads of better re- reaction and in fact, if he had a reputation for doing that the the press coverage may well have been more about but you know berbatov 's hat trick than Ferguson you know supposedly calling Torres a cheat
1: yeah um on the other hand of course the the, the inclination of the British press towards the negative is pretty well established isn't it yeah. it's, a, it's always going to be a bigger story yeah it always
0: it's, it's always a bigger story I, I just think that's that's
1: the nature of journalism full stop
0: rather than the British press but yeah
1: and you know I'm, I'm all for belief in people's capacity to apply tremendous personal change in their own lives, but I don't see any evidence that Alex Ferguson has any interest in dealing with the press in in any way differently to that which he has been doing for the last however many years and the the kind of positive counter-reaction to the the difficulties with the press has been this siege mentality. It's all the them against us. You know, we're the mighty Manchester United, and they're all out to get us. And yes. that's been pretty effective at different times. Oh, one of the things that I wanted to talk just very briefly—we've touched on this before—but I think I saw further evidence in the Valencia game of this: the the, the, the the absence of leadership in in United. I'm sorry, sorry to bring this up so late in the in the show. I just wanted to. To talk about it because um, we we were we were really on top in the first 20 minutes looked really effective looked, looked good going forward there were a couple of that we we had gave away a counter attacking opportunity Valencia looked somewhat impressive and then. Straight away we started misplacing passes immediately after that, and, and it reminded me of the thing I mentioned a few times, which is the Champions League final against Barcelona, where we we completely went to pieces after they scored, yeah. and and it had a little bit of that about it. People giving the ball away, and and Anderson was culpable, and, and Carrick
0: as mm. well. And, I I, yeah. I don't know. I mean. I don't know that we need a Roy Keane figure in there. I think I think actually Ferdinand's the organizer, right? And uh, he's he's the natural leader in that pack now. He has become it, and we spoke a bit about him last week, didn't we? And and for whatever reason, Vidic has the arm. Well, we know because he's fit and Ferdinand isn't most of the time. Um, he's scary looking. I don't think it matters who has the armband. I don't think that's the problem. But I do I do think. They need a dominant midfielder in there and and that would help right that would help that kind of structure in the passing thing dominant personality yeah maybe maybe you're right you know maybe I're missing that, but you know i don't i don't know if we're going to get that anytime soon there's no one coming out of the pack who's that, that kind of player, so he's going to have to buy it in at some point.
1: No, I think there's a coaching issue. I think there's a, there's a kind of confidence coaching issue somewhere at work as well. I think it's, it's not just not having Roy Keane on the pitch. Um, but, but there's something going on where the player's confidence is, is a bit fragile and, and something there's, there's a few players that, that I think need to be treated differently to how they're currently being treated to get the best out of them mentally maybe, but... and
0: maybe they're just not as good as they used to be and that's you know another issue, and so they're not as confident in in you know gaining the results they uh they yeah
1: be. but they're no, but the, I, I'm I'm not convinced by that because I think these are players who are capable of performing at a very high level. Michael Carrick being a fantastic example of that, you know. But anyway, we'll, we'll see as the season progresses. Um, I guess international break means Rankcast break, right? Because I don't know about you, but I'm not staying up really late to see Jason Park play in South play for South Korea. So we can. No, I next. will
0: probably do a round-up of United's players, you know, here, there, and everywhere on 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 the uh, on the website. But uh, yes, I think we'll we'll take a break from Rankcast next week, and we'll. Be be back in a fortnight's time. See you then!